Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday? Oh, Dennis, it's Amazon Prime Day. This is supposed to be the super exciting day it's for it. the whole world, right? It's our it's our big chance to help out poor Jeff Bezos <laughs> so that he can, I don't know, pay for his rocket ship bills or something. Pay for his third country he might own. I started that bit without knowing where I was going with it. But. <laughs> yeah, I... I uh... I, I don't know. I, I didn't really buy anything in like for specifically for Prime Day or anything this year. Th- thankfully, mm-hmm. I'm in a spot where I don't need a whole lot that I, I should get. Everything else is yeah. extra. Um, but and I'm knocking on wood or somehow thing there. Uh, <laughs> but the um, also it doesn't help that I think that it's over. It's it's it's, it's beyond me now. It's overwhelming. Like uh, it used to be where you would get on Amazon and they'd be like. Here's the 30 things that are on super sale right now. Oh my God, 50% off. And you'd be like, I got to have it. Now it's like, here's 800 billion things by category, by stuff, and nothing special. Right. Right. Like, well, first, here are. Here are 17 Amazon devices. Yeah, that's. Echoes and Kindles and. Right. I'm pretty sure they have a Prime phone or something like that. Yeah. And then just a bunch of like pages and pages of like. I don't know, sports bras and shoe organizers and yes. garden shovels. And yes. I'm like, I cannot scroll through all of this. I have stuff to do. Yeah, 100%. And it, it, because of that, it used to be really exciting. I mean, I say really exciting, mm-hmm. but, you know, you was like, that's a day you would you go know, and yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but not, not now. I, you know, I pull it up and there's, like you said, there's uh, sandals and, you know, right. frames for pictures and stuff. And, and <laughs> oh, man. I did... I did order off of Woot.com, which is a yep. Amazon subsidiary, whatever. Um, a set of those uh, square fabric um, organizer bins, it's oh, like yeah. square boxes that are that are fabric made. Right. So people use those in campers to mm. uh, s- store and organize. I have cabinets in my camper, but no drawers. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna need those or some plastic totes or something, and those were on sale. So I bought some of those. That's and that's good. all I did. Like I went to Amazon for a minute and saw that I was looking for like a small what we used to call a dustbuster, which I'm pretty sure is the brand name. Right. Um, and all they had were big like stick vacuums from Dyson or or um uh one of the other brands, and that's not really what I want. Like I want something small to put in the camper. It's maybe a step up from using a broom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I didn't I didn't see any of that. And then just like you said, like I looked at the, you know, c- chaos of what was on sale. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really need yeah. that. And I'm not, you know, because I'm looking at this, you know, minimal kind of lifestyle. I've, I'm in the opposite situation. Like I want to get less stuff in my sphere not more yeah for sure so for sure it makes it easy to resist the temptation of of those quote-unquote deals yeah i agree and more stuff i got i don't have i'm i'm, I'm not quite obviously not where you're at there but i i don't need right. to put stuff anywhere anymore i mean my my most indulgent things is my multiple tvs that i have in my transformer collection mm-hmm. and my transformer right. collection is already at its peak zenith, where I don't think I can <laughs> get any more without having to delete things. Um, 
Are you still, and uh, I don't know if you want to talk about this on the air, but I know for a while you were talking about moving. Is that still? Yeah, it's a in... slow, long process of. Sure, sure. Of get, yeah, so you're not, you know, it's the thing that I tell my family every time I have to help some of them move. And I think part of why they ask for my help to move less is uh, I give them a hard time about how much stuff they have. Like, <laughs> look, now's your time. Now's your chance to get rid of stuff. Right. Everything, everything that you want to keep, you have to make the active decision to like pick up and put in a box and take with you. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're not moving, the choice to get rid of something is a series of active steps. Yeah. When you're moving, the choice to keep something is a series of active steps. Yeah. Like this is when you this is when you do it when it's easier to say, you know what, instead of wrapping this up, putting it in a box loading it on a truck, I'm going to throw it away. Yeah. I'm going to take it to, you know, the clothes pantry or, um, uh, you know, Goodwill or whatever. Yeah. the And, and it's also one of those good times to, to say that like, hey, I have this thing that I've had for since I moved in here and never used it, never saw it, didn't even know it was there. Like, right. clearly that's right. a sign that you can, you can pitch it and it's totally fine. Yeah. That's one of those exercises people do where they will like empty out their kitchen mm-hmm. and put everything in boxes or whatever. And then, um, as they need stuff, go and get it. And then after six months or a year or whatever, everything that's still in those boxes in your basement or garage or whatever yeah. is something you can get rid of. Yeah, for sure. Because you, di- you didn't need it in a year. You don't need it cluttering up your life. Yeah. the the um, I mean, there's there's some things, obviously, like collectibles. Like, for example, I have my comic book collection in the... In the in the closet there. And I'm never going to, I do go once a year maybe to, or, or a little bit more to pull out stuff, but that's not something obviously you would just cause you don't use that. There's exam, there's, a, you know, what's it called? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's not, yeah. I'm, I mean, exemptions case, to it, but not, yeah, it's not the rule. K- kitchen stuff. You're talking about like, I don't know, pizza stones and yep. waffle irons and yep. you know, the single, what did I was watching Bidgey with Babish and he had a term mono, mono tool or something like that because he had a it was a cast iron tortilla press <laughs> yeah uh-huh. which was just like if you picture um a waffle iron uh made out of cast iron which mm-hmm. i actually have one of those in storage ironically to this story but instead of waffling it's just two flat cast iron plates and he put the dough for the tortilla in there and pressed it with this with this cast iron gadget and he's like i know what you're thinking i don't want something something and then he made another one just with a big uh a big saucepan and like pressed down on it he's like you could do this it's not that much harder and you don't have to keep a single single use uh gadget in your kitchen yeah that's very true i i had uh the the one i probably in that situation it's not really exciting but it is like i have one of those foreman grill things and sure. and I will like twice a year pull it out and it is amazing, you know, the lean yeah. green fat yeah. fat grilling machine where it's amazing, quick, mm. right, amazing. I can put frozen chicken breasts in there juicy and succulent in five minutes, right? It's mm-hmm, so great. Mm-hmm. But it's just like never pull it out because it's such a hard to clean, hard to store, what to do. But yeah, that's have, yeah. that's just another example of like you're right, things that you can just get away with. And and uh the moving thing is definitely one of those. I I feel that I've I've besides Board games is, is obviously always still a problem with me. Um, sure. And maybe my Transformer stuff. I, I've done pretty good, I think, on pairing things down. Because I'd like to think that I am one of those people that are like, I have not used this Grill Master thing in ever pitch it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I do find myself, you know, 
pretty lean on, on stuff. Uh, just kind of got to, I don't have a whole lot of shelf or storage space in general. Maybe, maybe my garage, but, but, uh, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, your, your, ki- your kitchen is not is not huge. It is not very big. I I have to be, you know, judicious with my space and and, and a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but anyway, um, that was real exciting. I'm, I'm sure to hear about. <laughs> right, right. Um, but anyway, well, we haven't we haven't talked about the weather yet. The, the weather. Which well, we, we can talk about the weather because that's actually relevant. The weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got power just yesterday. Today's a an interesting podcasting session for me. I'm, I, I'm, I look forward to, like I always do for, for our Monday sessions to discuss all the cool things that I don't get to talk, talk to with you, you know, through the week. And, but, uh, and especially the weekend, I like to think, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit this and this, that, and then we can talk about it on Monday. But then Friday we had a huge electrical power storm. I want to call it electrical. It's any, everything in the book storm. Yeah. Big thunderstorm. Come, come through here. And, I've been in a lot of storms. This is the ones, you know, in my 46 years of life. And this was the one that I've, I've never been in one that was like red within 30 miles all around us. And then hmm. not just a second. I'm talking about on the radar, right? It's not just a second. Like okay, for three okay. hours, we stayed in the red. And hmm. it was just a big, deep, dark red. Oh, my God. Alert thing. It just wow. happened to stay. It was like it continued to grow to the west, which means, you know, it was blowing and going to the east. So it was just hit us and stayed on us. And my power went out. I was playing the Oculus with, with some, some buddies. Um, and that was not fun, but I, I knew it kind of like, guys, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to go out. Um, but it, yeah. an interesting thing was that it was charging. So I'm playing Demio, which is a game you can play sitting down and we were playing and I have it charging. So it doesn't, it, you know, we don't, the battery doesn't go away. Right. And I, so I, I everything's dark in the house. Place. And I pull it off my head <laughs> and I just set it down onto the couch next to me. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to leave it there and go get some candles. And I got a few candles and it's just, it's one of those strobe light lightnings. It's never stopping mm-hmm. lightning, right? In the whole house. And yeah. Just almost pop crack booms every 10 seconds around real close. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, so I was a little freaked. I unplugged the television and the computer stuff in the walls. And I thought, mm-hmm. huh, I should... I should have plugged that Oculus. I go over there and plug that Oculus. And I pulled it out, like the cord from the Oculus thing, and lightning struck right then and shocked the crap out of my finger. I was like, oh, wow. Like, as soon as I pulled it out, it, was, it wasn't even an inch away from the Oculus, and that lightning hit and struck my finger. Jeez. Yeah, it was not good. It had, like, tingle in my hand for a little bit. So that would have probably wrecked that thing. Wow. Got really lucky. So anyway, I didn't get power until late last night. And I was over at Shell's. It was hot and sticky and miserable here for mm. two days. And yeah. um, with no power, no heat, no anything, no respite. Yeah, yeah. And then I, so I got up early this morning. I had work all day, hard today. Came back here, watched our show. Finally, because I had power, I could watch Cannonball Run. Um, mm. And I have not slept in my bed in three days and had, <laughs> had a chance to myself. That's a long way to say that. It's like, I'm exhausted. I'm, and I love the show, but man, when it's over, I'm going to hit the hay so hard. Nice. It's going to be crazy. And I didn't, I feel like I didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Get those weekends where you didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get but I did watch Cannonball Run. Did watch our show. Okay. So we, we can, you want to talk, talk about that real quick? We can blow. Uh, blow. Yeah, we can do it here early instead of, instead of waiting until <laughs> there are 10 minutes left in the, in our 90 minute our quote-unquote 90-minute podcast. Right, right. 
This week, we watched the 1981 car comedy. <laughs> I love that title. That was good. Car comedy. The Cannonball Run, featuring... Uh, everybody. T- everybody, well, 15 people that you recognize from the 70s. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, chosen at random. At one point, I had to look up because I thought that the two, um, you know, the, the two female team were maybe like uh, the... Uh, the Wilson sisters from Heart or something, <laughs> right? And they weren't. They were. They were just actresses from things. Yeah, they had they had tons of famous people and then random not famous people. And you're like, right. should I know these people? Is this somebody I'm missing somewhere? That that was mm-hmm. my feeling for most of the show. Is that like there? This already I knew within the first ten minutes. It's chock full of references to everything. Um, right. And then. All the way through, I kept thinking, like, clearly this is probably a reference to something I don't know what they're talking about, right? But some 70s show that was... Yeah, you know. it reminded me of when we when we were doing movie night still, and we watched Airplane again with Pat and Justin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Pat's, Pat's younger than you, isn't he? Yeah, he's older than me. Is he, like, by a year? Mm, I think he's about close. four years older than me, I think. Okay. Three or four years. Um... Anyway, uh, you know, he's a handful of years older than me, and our buddy Justin is, like, in his mid-20s, mid-to-late-20s. And so I was actually learning about airplane references in that situation because Pat kept pointing stuff out. Mm-hmm, he's like, mm-hmm. there used to be this show where this would happen, and that's what this joke means. Right. And what, you know, for me, I don't remember any of those references, right? right. Like, uh, Airplane was, I don't even remember when it was, if it was late 70s or early 80s, but I watched it, you know, as a young teenager, I think. And I just thought stuff was funny. I'm like, oh, it's funny that the wife is freaking out because her husband's getting a second cup of coffee. Yeah. Like, yeah. I assume that that's a reference to something, and it is, it's like a coffee commercial or something. Right. Um, and that's how I felt watching this movie. I'm like, okay, well, I get all, you know, they keep saying Smokey, mm-hmm. and I I get all the James Bond stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, I'm like, is that, you know, I'm looking for, like, is that car supposed to be Knight Rider? But, of course, this is, this, I think, predates Knight Rider by a couple of years. Right. Um, so it's not that. <laughs> and um, And then other stuff is like, it just seemed to me like more vague references. I'm like, oh, this is just funny because they're pretending to be priests. There were there get... were a lot of that. I think half of it was that was these vague references of. It's like it's not a specific Joker reference. It's right. just, hey, they're all doing this thing and it's illegal, and so they all have some kind of, you know, random not loophole, but they have some strategy that they're going to use to try and try and get out of it, and then. You know, very, very low budget. Like, I without even trying, I could spot where there were editing uh, uh, continuity errors, and there'd be some major problem. You know, the 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 fake priests, um, uh, Dean Martin and and Sammy David Jr. Uh, let the air out of their tires, and then in the next scene, they're driving again, and I'm like. Okay, so that was not a real serious obstacle, apparently, because they didn't even show us them fixing that tire. Right. Um, 
and yeah they it it had one thing it did i do for sure in that time was that it was um that every kind of car that someone in 81 liked right there was yeah that that was a that was one of the big things there i remember is that it had um oh uh from Lamborghini it had, it had the, Lamborghinis to Corvettes it had Lamborghinis to Dodge Corvettes, Ford trucks and stuff you know and the 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 GMC quad cab dually pickup truck yeah just it yeah. had the even a Subaru was there was a racing Subaru and things back then Hawaiian yeah, Tropic with, race car mm-hmm. yeah and and then there's also like you said the vague ref, references to things that they didn't say specifically but like James Bond's car is in there um, yeah, the Aston Martin. They they had the car that was clearly supposed to be um, the Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard, right? Yep, with with, with the, got two the guys two that were like guys. Dukes Hazard. Right. That was one of those guys was um, a football guy, Terry Bradshaw. Uh, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and by the way, speaking of them, and, and throughout the rest of the movie, clearly this movie is brought to you by Budweiser because mm-hmm. there was a lot of lo- lots of books. lots of product placement. Yep, and and signs everywhere for. Budweiser and on the side of the buildings mm-hmm. was Budweiser stuff and like that's, that's kind of and they brought in seven hundred cans of Budweiser everywhere. Um, so yeah, uh, I did like some of the little jokes. I mean, I got some of them. Uh, like I early on, Burt Reynolds when they're picking out what vehicle they're supposed to um, to what they're going to plan to race in, he says like we could get a like a black Camaro, and he's like ah no, that's been done before. Which is smoking. Right. He's referring to his smoking smoky, band again. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that was, you know, hilarious. I am um, well, not hilarious, but it was amusing. I would say. Mm-hmm. I, I again, I remember this movie probably from the mid '80s when I was little, and and a lot of people okay. liking it and stuff and um, laughing a whole lot because it's just it's not airplane slapstick for sure. It definitely has a story. But it really is right. a bunch of nonsense, right? Yeah, they're, they're it, the whole plot doesn't mean anything. They they stop all the time. They all get stopped at the same roadblock. They all get stopped the, at the same construction site. Hell's Angels yeah, comes the, out of nowhere. The story is this like, um, uh, it's it's just this like framework. It's like yeah. this excuse for all of these gags that they're going to put in a little bit like, um, like Caddyshack was, although yes, yes, I think Caddyshack maybe, maybe even had a little bit more of a narrative or, or less. I mean, this thing with the race is, is sort of a story, but like you get to the end and it's just complete nonsense. Like I wasn't sure why <laughs> they were all stopped in the same place. And then, then they get in this big, like, brawl melee and then suddenly they're back in their cars and they're going again yeah right and and then there's there's um like they all just laugh at the end like it's no big deal and you know the cat captain usa and mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it is just crazy also the, the the cannibal race itself you said it's just, this is just a framework for to to show these gags the race itself doesn't start until 35 minutes into the show like yeah you're you're a good third of the way in. yeah before. it's just for them to like play with these actors, it's like you know that because these were made for, written for these specific actors, right. almost exclusively. Like they had, first off, did you notice they they called uh, um, Jackie Chan Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. right? Um, which was yeah. which was funny. Like this is the the world's best race driver, Jackie Chan, or and 
Chinese this is voice. this is probably nitpicky for 1981, but uh, Jackie Chan is from Hong Kong. He's, he's from not Ch- Japanese. He's Chinese, right? Not Japanese. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And the, you know the like the music they have music stings to introduce like every set of drivers when they're oh, switching. Super racist. You know, they have the sure. like the the almost James Bond music every time they show Roger Moore, right? Et cetera, et cetera. But of course the the Japanese music is that racist Chinese thing that people used to do. Right. And I'm like, Ugh. well, and they had, I actually liked how the entire Japanese team was thwarted by the fact that like Google maps sends you the wrong way all the mm-hmm. time. Like every time they go, yeah. they were using the computer and their computer would send them on the wrong thing, which I like, Oh, that's something 20 years later still becomes a major problem for people. And then the office right. redoes that. Right. Um, right. Right. So, so that was good. A uh, Jackie Chan. I, I, we commented on a little bit here. I liked the Roger Moore gag the whole time, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, they right up front mentioned that it's not Roger Moore, but he's some guy that has an obsession with Roger Moore and spies. Seymour C- something. <laughs> Maybe he was an actor playing Roger Moore instead of Roger Moore playing James Bond or something. It was very strange. And then they just eventually dropped that and he just kept saying Roger Moore. And Well, well, the guy, the, you... the guy was like that girl, his mom. He said that he was, right. he just... It was like mentally unstable or something and spent all her money on um, like plastic surgery and all the gadgets and stuff to be Roger Moore. And so he just thinks he's Roger Moore. He's just a crazy guy who thinks he's Roger Moore. I I missed the I missed the point of that bit. Yeah. Um, Which is I I did notice. I don't I don't know if you noticed this, but the the girl with him, the woman with him is different in every scene. Yeah, I was gonna say it's all Bond girls all the time through. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, nice little. Reference just, I enjoyed just that. Just keep changing. Every, I'm like, where? What are they're driving the whole time? What what opportunity did he have to uh, drop her off and pick up some somebody new? <laughs> it's just always great. But well, of course, that's just right. the James Bond gag. So right. that and the and again the no nonsense. I mean the the complete nonsenseness of the race. Like they they stop randomly for random reasons that don't make any sense. You know, and the police officers are always pulling them over. But right. it doesn't really matter. They keep pulling them over and somehow, you know, four people in this, you know, uh, Ford van ambulance or whatever it was, um, are supposed to keep up with a with a Lamborghini. <laughs> right. And like even if even if they are getting pulled over, um, you know, they're not making up that time. Clearly back in nineteen eighty one you could you can go hundred and twenty five miles per hour and just get a ticket for it, that's all. Right, right. That's all it was. Um, or, or yeah, give some convincing story and get off with a warning. Right. The uh, I did like the uh, the female team getting pulled over by the female police officer. That was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Farrah Fawcett was like, I don't know, was she on drugs the whole time? It felt like she was on drugs the whole time. Well, her character is supposed to be on drugs part of the time. Oh, well, right? yeah, right when she's there. But with she... the, the the creepy doctor who I don't. I don't know who he was or what he was from. I assumed that was a thing too. That creepy doctor was funny though. He was one of the funny yeah. things of that movie. I thought mm-hmm. he, he was weird. And like uh, there were several, almost every scene he was in was pretty good. Like when he shoots himself twice to prove that it's safe, <laughs> that was really sure. good. And then when the sure. guy says like, Hey, can you, can you drink that stuff? He says, I don't know. And he just squirts it in his mouth. Like, mm-hmm. So that was yeah. very, very good. That was funny. Oh, also there was the, um, uh, I thought it was a, an interestingly vague one was reference was the motorcycle guy was the rich guy that had just, he was just a rich guy that was running mm-hmm. the race. 
He he played um during that time he played uh there was that annoying uh show with the the nanny. Do you remember the nanny with Fran Drescher? Yeah, and I never really watched it, but I remember. Yeah, it. he's the rich guy in that. That's, okay, that's the actor. So just in random, vague reference type stuff that they, this whole movie was just chock full. Um, but yeah, yeah. It didn't or, have any sense. It didn't make any sense. Or the 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 sheik played by Jamie Farr. Jamie Farr. Yeah, clearly he's just, uh, Middle Eastern, so why not, right? Randomly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, it, it, they they weren't funny jokes, but they weren't unfunny jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were just weird. An hour and a half of just some weird things. I will say, yeah, Dean Martin but, looked terrible. The whole time. He did. He did. I know he was supposed to be drunk, but he looked like he was actually drunk. He he probably was actually drunk. He probably was. I mean. Yeah. That's that like combination of, you know, the, the lack of, the lack of genetic diversity people had in the, you know, pre-World War II (laughs) and just, you know, probably the, the sheer amount of drinking and smoking that those guys did. Um because he's only like, I looked it up, and if the information on IMDb is accurate, he was only like sixty-four or five during that time. And yeah, and he looks, yeah, he looks awful. And his character, but yeah, is you're creepy with the. He's constantly hitting on girls that could be his grandkids. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was creepy. that was awkward too. And it's a good way to describe the jokes, like the whole thing with Dom DeLuise and uh, him, Captain Chaos. He, that that he keeps he keeps referring to and making making Burt Reynolds uncomfortable, <laughs> and then you get to the payoff at the end, and I'm like, oh, this is this is all so dumb. <laughs> this is all like, so dumb. I can see this being funny in the right context at the right time, but I was like, eh, okay, yeah, I I see why this is supposed to be funny, but it's not. It doesn't really work for me. <laughs> yeah, no, this this is. Uh, I could say a lot of things, a lot of, I could, I could attribute this to a lot of, uh, p- certain types of people. I, I would do it only offline though. No, I don't want to record it. What kind okay. of people would like this, this show, sure. but, uh, it, it is. Yeah. I, I knew those I mean, people there's in a, the eighties, you know, those kind there's of, there's a, there's a strong element of, um, you know, product of its time or, or as oh, we say, for sure. doesn't hold up. Like, like, um, like the thing is, is it's like, ha ha, look, it's a funny African-American priest thing. That's funny, right? Ha ha, there's, right. there's a, an Asian guy with a, a sheik helmet and he says weird words. <laughs> That's funny, right? And, yeah. Um, but even, even like, you know, accepting and, and, you know, apologizing for all the dated stereotypes and things, the rest of it still wasn't funny as a new viewer. Right. No, you, no, no. You know, yeah. 40 years later. No, that, that's what I said. When you said product of his time, that, that was right. Because those ill-placed um, jokes, which, which again, I'm not, ju- I'm not judging that passed on today's moral society yeah, stuff. I'm not course. doing I mean, that. This is 40 years ago. Like right. the things that were acceptable as humor were different. Right. Like, but, but, that, but that's, you know. but that's as far as they went. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying is that I'm not saying that the, uh, you know the joke about the China, the Japanese people and their computers were is you know a bad taste or poor or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a, that there's nothing beyond that. It's as shallow as that. Right? It's, it's not right. necessarily a yeah. funny thing. Um, maybe it was back then, but it's it's more of a chuckle than ha. Huh? So anyway, <laughs> I like this show <laughs> right. enough, but I wouldn't recommend it. 
like I, I would have. Nostalgia wise, mm-hmm. did it hold up? I think it's pretty much what I thought it was. You know, my, mm-hmm. my vague memory of it being a lot of famous people all together and just chuckling about these famous people on this stupid thing. Um, right. And uh, Burt Reynolds actually reminds me of what I my memory of Burt Reynolds was, where he does. I don't know. He's kind of handsome, I guess, for his time. Sure. But he doesn't do anything particularly great. <laughs> right. I a mean, little bit. Um, yeah, a little bit like. Uh, like I'm just Burt Reynolds, and I'm here, and that's why I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, like a. Well, and I don't know if I don't know if he is. I, w- I want to say that he's a little bit like George Clooney in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Where he's kind of like, he's he's winking at the audience more than anybody else is. Yeah, sure. But I don't I don't necessarily know that that's true right. in this case. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I anyway. Did, I, if you saw it when you were a kid like I did and had a little bit of nostalgia to those people and stuff, I think mm-hmm. you'd have to be in your 50s to kind of still laugh at it out loud maybe Uh, yeah i think even by you know even by the late 80s early 90s anybody who was watching this was probably still like laughing acknowledging how dumb it is yeah yeah but even like in the year say someone who's born in the year 2000 or or uh forward would not i don't think we'd find any funny in this they wouldn't understand it no. in any way or get anything of it and yeah and and none of the i mean not none of it but very little of the humor transcends the references yeah like right. the the female drivers seducing the cops like that's fairly universal still maybe not universal but right. recognizable but like none of the references to smoking the bandit or um you know uh i don't know the Heck, even pack. james bond wouldn't be necessarily recognizable like James Bond has gadgets yeah. on his car and he has James Bond women every time. Like what people know in the two thousands is James Bond is Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. That is not is, Daniel who's Craig's different thing. is who's very less, uh, very less, who is much less of a womanizer, um, much less reliant on car gadgets, all of that stuff. Yeah. So, so all that stuff wouldn't be, so that's my long way to say that if, if you aren't within that age group, None of that stuff will be, I don't think, any good or worth yeah. watching and wait, I don't say waste your right. time on. But it was barely <laughs> right. enough time for me to say, okay, I remember that. It's silly. It's what it is. But we had, we had, um, well, I say we, we had puppy customers uh, here during the day Saturday. And uh, Andrew has a beagle who does not, um, does not handle strangers well mm-hmm. and does not handle uh, being uh you know um like locked up when he knows that there are strangers around and andrew wasn't here he was working and so i had his dog with me down in the in the tv room in the basement to keep him you know quiet and and like keep him company so that he would stay quiet okay and i was like you know what this is a good opportunity for me to watch this movie <laughs> just sit um, down and watch it uh okay so, down here anyway so. so so what do we got next what's our what's our next one I think it's um, your pick this week. Yeah, so I went a little similar to this. This is a movie that I think was recommended in um, an episode of The Flophouse. 
within the last year or so. Um, it's another Jackie Chan movie. Not that this was a Jackie Chan movie, but yeah. uh, let me... Jackie Chan did have, by the way, he had a scene given for, clearly just for him in that movie, right? Where he decides to fight the... His his one little yeah. his one little fight fight scene. Although it was weird uh, that he starts watching a, a VCR porn thing while <laughs> that was so weird. That's yeah, that was that was very random and strange. Yeah. But I did like the VHS tape. That's only driving puts a VHS tape in. Um so this is from nineteen eighty four. It's called Wheels on Meals. Not uh, not not Meals on Wheels. Not Meals on Wheels. Wheels and I think it's there's a food truck involved. It's Jackie Chan and a couple other guys I've never heard of. I like Jackie Chan stuff. So it's probably going to be uh, a little more slapstick with some more, uh, you know, martial arts stuff than uh, than the movie we just saw. Sure, right, yeah. So I, I, I tend to like even Jackie Chan's old stuff. I, I like a lot of his stuff. Plus, I, yeah. it's, it's so dumb that. People start, you know, think about like, oh, I like a movie or don't like a movie based on the actor or actresses. But I do know what I've seen of Jackie Chan. He seems like a genuine guy, like a, a mm. good guy who does things, you know, on his own because he enjoys what he's doing and appreciative of that kind of stuff. So, you know, yeah, that's kind of cool to know that he's in this movie and he's like, I love being in this movie, which is pretty cool. Cool, man. Mm-hmm. We, we, we can we can watch. Uh, some meals on wheels. I mean, wheels on meals. Next. <laughs> do you know the Do you know the premise of it? It's. Oh, I had it open. I just closed it. It's something about a food truck. <laughs> Two <laughs> Chinese friends sense. who operate a food truck in Barcelona use their martial arts expertise to help their private investigator friend protect the pickpocket Sylvia, who's being targeted by a ruthless gang. It's <laughs> weird. That's quite. Mm-hmm. Let's let's put some uh, food truck guys together with this, and that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of other shows, uh, I did watch a couple shows last week before the power went out, um, that we can talk about real quick. Um, mm-hmm. just, I'll run through them. There's like three of them. Watched, uh, Cruella. The, the hmm. you know, did you, Cruella. did you like that? I, it was okay. I, was, I didn't dislike it. <laughs> like yeah. the long pause. My, um, there's something sister... bad about it. My sister, who lives in Michigan, was down yesterday for Father's Day, mm-hmm. and she had seen it, and it seemed like she really liked it. And yeah, sure. both Andrew and I, who have heard, you know, almost entirely bad things, were like, "What, really?" Yeah. Um, I, I don't have I don't have anything bad to say about it. I really don't. I don't okay. Um, it it's a, it's a completely original story that ties in. I think it basically doesn't tie into 101 Dalmatians. It's it's kind of like mm. in place of 101 Dalmatians. Like nice. There are Dalmatians in it, but it's it kind of... Like alternate, yeah, alternate universe. I would say alternate universe type thing where, where dogs aren't talking, right? You know, oh, or right. animals don't yeah. talk. It's just, you know, Cruella being the main person. Um, Did the, the dogs talk in the, in the Glenn Close movies? Oh, good question. I don't know. I think so. It's been mm. a long time. Uh, I don't know that I ever saw those, but the the original animated film was for one of my middle siblings, like their favorite mm. Disney movie for a number of years. Sure. And so it was one that, you know, back in the day when we had only one TV, um, you know, we saw dozens and dozens of times. Yeah, I, I liked it enough. I liked the original enough. The yeah. the uh, so the 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 way that they 
make this uh, like a, you know, the problem with um, Disney doing villain centered pieces is that you can't glorify a bad guy. Right. Um, right. That, that's the yeah, line. I was like, how do you, how do you make a, a redemptive backstory for a character that wants to slaughter dogs yeah. in 2020 when yeah. dogs are valued more than children right they, <laughs> by a lot of people for sure they, they um so what disney's done with some of these backstory things is they, they make them sympathetic in some ways or mm-hmm. try to let you say like oh that's why they turn that way and, and they're still bad but i get how they got to this thing it's 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 a genuine sure. thought process i think it's that like it's that thought process that most people in the world who are bad 90 percent of people who are bad aren't evil they're just make mm-hmm. bad choices or have led been led down this long path to get to where they're at. And when you watch, you know, caricatures of things on TV, we're like, Oh, that guy's a, a villain. Well, you know, how did he get to be that villain that right. way? So that's a lot what Disney's done. They've also done this thing where, um, they're not really bad guys, right? Like, Oh, they're, they're bad guys, but not really bad guys. Um, mm. that's the case of what they did with Maleficent. I think, um, mm-hmm. Maleficent was ostracized and treated as, terrible because she's different. Um, and then she acts out in a way against the person who in the original, we think is a good guy, which is the the King uh, who actually mm-hmm. is a bad guy and, and leads his army against this, you know, the devil in the forest type thing. So that's how they do with Maleficent right. to make her seem sympathetic sure. with Corella. They do this. Uh, let's make a batter bad guy and go and Corella compared to that batter guy or person isn't as bad. I see. That, that's the hook with this movie was that Cruella is definitely a bad guy. She ends as a bad guy. She's a bad guy basically through the middle of it. She owns it. She's never really nice or good. Um, and it's all selfish. But the person she's going up against is 10 times worse. I see. So you, you, you want her to win. And when she wins, you're like, oh, yeah, she's bad. But that's good because the other girl, she's not as like completely child murdering as the other one. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. it's like, um, like Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I guess, uh, and and they, I, I, that, that's all I had to really say about that one. They, I will say that uh, small little spoiler tag alert, but not really, is the whole like skin puppies alive thing. Um, Cruella in this movie, they kind of address it real quickly. Cruella uh, is trying to make a name for herself, and she and they kidnap um, this the main bad guys. Uh, dog Dalmatians, and then she wears mm-hmm. a Dalmatian outfit the next day when she's seen out in public, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my God, she's probably skinned the Dalmatians." That's what happened. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, Cruella says, "Of course they didn't, you know, skin the, the dogs." And you see the dogs, but everybody thinks okay. that she wanted, you know, she's so bad that she sure. skinned dogs. I mean, that's that's definitely what the original movie was right no yeah exactly right so that's how disney does like the downplaying of making a villain sure Sure, she's still a villain but she's not like what we remember because it really like these those disney villains back from the 60s to the 2000s were just flat out evil bad people right yeah well there's a there's a reason we call uh why we call certain villain characters cartoonish yeah right Right? ursula's reanimated those were animated movies and they had cartoonish villains, right? Exactly. Like the, right. the witch in um, Snow White and stuff right. like that. And of course those are based on fairy tales. So it's all, uh, you know, metaphor and it's 
moralizing anyway. Right. That's the kind of the point of it. Uh, so another one moving on to the, next, the second out of three is Wrath of Man. I watched, I actually went to the theater to watch it. Uh, that is, oh, is that the, the Guy Ritchie movie? That is the Guy Ritchie movie. Uh, I was okay. a little mixed on this one. Honestly, I'll say I watched it only because there was nothing else to do. And I was, you know, it was late at night. It was like <laughs> nine o'clock at night. And I was like, I want to go sure. do something. Get me out of this house. And uh, it was playing at the theater. The theater mm-hmm. sounded great. Uh, so I, that's what I did. I, I took, I went into it again with a bit of a, I don't care because, uh, one of our trusted source, our buddy Fox, um, had not given it a very good review. Um, right. and I was like, and I trust him. I mean, we don't always see eye to eye on things, but I trust him pretty well and, uh, sure. on, on his choices. And, and he doesn't always like really bemoan a movie being bad unless it's usually pretty bad. And he did not give sure. this one a glowing review at all. So I was like, you know what? It's whatever. I'm going to go in there and just eat. I'm going in here to watch popcorn or to watch, eat popcorn. Right. Okay. That, that was yeah, my yeah. thing. And sit into a dark room and watch a big screen TV with sound and not worry about it. But that being said, I actually walked out of that fairly happy. Like I, that was a real weird moment for me because I walked out of the theater and like, I enjoyed my time with what happened on that screen. And I immediately pulled the phone out and start, start messaging Fox back and forth there. Mm. Um, and and it, it was a good conversation we had. It, it ended up coming to the fact that like you and I have talked about this. Sometimes when you watch a movie, you're not in the mood for that movie. Or sometimes mm. when you watch a movie, you are in the mood for that kind of movie. Sure. Right. And, and I think like Fox had said, he was not really in that kind of a frame set when watching that. And then I was not necessarily in it, but I also was thinking it was really terrible and it wasn't as terrible as I thought it was. Right, so that kind of elevated it. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, it's the it's the expectations thing. I'm yeah, so the, the the movie really is, and maybe this was something that Fox had a hard time uh, grappling with. What is this movie? Right, um, mm. the movie is a uh, it's a revenge movie uh, mm-hmm. where the bad guy is the person getting revenge. Um, or sorry, I wouldn't say the bad guy, but a bad guy is getting revenge. Okay. Uh, so, uh, what? How, how do I say this without cursing on, on air? Um, <laughs> they, they say, uh, f- uh, "If you f around and uh, f around with me and find out," type thing, right? So, okay. so uh, the setup you can see, you can see the trailer is uh, Jason Jason Statham, who plays Jason Statham. Uh, right. He gets um, his son gets killed in a random uh, armory robbery. Um, and I'll go into a little bit of spoiler here on this, uh, is that um, Jason Statham is a armored car robber who's a really big mafia, world-famous, evil armored car robber, right? So okay. it was kind of like ironic that he got, he got his son died in that type thing. Uh, so sure. he, he, does, he does some really terrible things in the movie as the lead character as this terrible bad guy to find out who killed his son. Right. It's not mm-hmm. always good. He's got some kind of small little redeeming things. Like he does it. He gives people money who are in trouble. Um, but he'll like murder people and pull out their toes or something just to get information. Uh, so he's sure. not a good guy, but you know, he, his son who's innocent dies and he's on a revenge quest to get it. Um, and that's the, that's there's a, there's, you know, the ins and outs and the twists and the turns that happen throughout the show. But that's it. That's the that's the setup of the movie. It's not complex, really. Um, yeah, I remember reading that and thinking it sounded like, you know, Taken meets 
John Wick or something. Yeah, I that's a good crossover type thing. Um, and I, I also say this for sure: it's terrible for the first ten minutes. Like it's awful. They have dialogue. When I started watching, I was like, "Oh yeah, I see what everybody's talking about. How bad this movie is." Um, the dialogue for the first ten min- ten minutes is written for the Snatch Crew, right? Like the, sure. the, the the actors that that played in that movie, or any okay. other uh, of his movies, right? But it's performed by B list American actors, and it's oh, just awful. It's just sure. awful. Like if you're watching um, Lockstock or Snatch or something, and Jason Statham uh, uh, delivers a line, he says, "Who do you expect, Tommy? The Germans." Right, that's funny mm-hmm. when he delivers right. that in Snatch. You give that to a terrible actor, he's like, uh, "Who are you supposed to be? Who do you think, Tommy? The Germans? It's terrible, mm. right? Sure, sure. And it's ten minutes nonstop of back and forth, back and forth dialogue <laughs> of that, and you're like, this is going to make me throw up. It's so bad. Yeah, that's no good. That's yeah, no good. Uh, so anyway, I I liked it. It is definitely a summer thing because beyond that ten minutes, then you stop paying attention to those American people. Aren't there's not dialogue for them anymore. I um, see. And uh, uh, so I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It was a lot of uh, not John Wick level, but, you know, action type John Wick type stuff. Uh, watching it in a movie theater, you get the full surround sound of cool guns being shot off across this thing and sure. explosions. And when they assault with the SWAT team is really cool. But if I watched it at home, none of that would have been as anywhere near as gauge- engaging. Sure. All right. So, you know, watch it in the theater if you want to watch a summer thing and you got... Nothing to worry about. Nothing nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> Last one, real quick. Sweet Tooth. I watched all the season. I'm just, I don't want to say anything about it because you could potentially watch it or other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, thumbs up. I'll give it a thumbs up. It's not a, okay. it's not a complete thing. It's meant for multiple seasons. Sure. Um, but it's endearing. It's weird because it's about a little kid who's 10. Mm-hmm. And he's very innocent and hopeful. And the world isn't so innocent and hopeful. So it's, you know, there's some adult, like the adults are dealing with some dark things in the, but then here's this kid put in the middle of it. And you're like, oh man, Mm -hmm. you just want to shelter him, put your hands over his ears. Right. Right. You shouldn't see this. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't know this is happening. And so that's a weird feeling about it. So it goes back and forth between an innocent light kid who's on an adventure to find his mom and then, oh my God, people are terrible in the world. How do you know after the hmm. end of the world happens? Um, but it's good. It's overall good. It seems kind of got some redemption arcs. Some, um, you know, in the end, I think people are gonna whatever the series happens, people are gonna be like good. The goodness of man, I think, will win out. Right? That's how I okay. feel. I feel. So that's fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, I'm gonna watch it again. I think with Lola, maybe I'll see if her mom thinks it's good. Hmm. Uh, or Sydney, because it's got some kid stuff, you know. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, watch the watch that. Hey, wrapping this in questions for you. We were t- going to talk about uh, a little bit of Mythic Quest, but I know you had a bit to catch up with. Did you get a chance to watch any of that in the last couple weeks? Um, I'm up to. Let's see. It's the Apple Plus series. Yeah. I'm going to find the number of what episode that I'm on sure. so that I can describe it without spoilers. Uh, let's see. Episode season two. 
the last episode I saw was episode eight. Okay. So they did the the one-off episode like they did in season one that is um, a sort of flashback. Yeah, we, like a weird, what is this kind and of there's, episode? Yeah, and there's one episode after that, and the one I've seen is the second episode after that. Okay, I just saw the one after that, so we can talk a little bit about that. We'll ring a spoiler bell here to talk about it for a second. Okay, yeah, let me, let me do that right so uh, mythic quest season two yeah. through episode seven so what do you think of cw like they, they're doing a big arc here with him i'm not i'm not sure how i think or feel about any of the characters <laughs> at any point in this season two it's very strange it's kind of all over the place um like people are are sort of redeemed and then go back to being terrible mm-hmm. and um there's almost almost nobody is sympathetic anymore right um cw is definitely not yeah cw is not for sure i'm wondering if this is one of those things that the season will tell like it'll, when it comes maybe, maybe the redemption come, will happen there'll be some kind of uh some kind of something at the end that that brings it all back around yeah because i think we're in the middle of it i think we're right i don't know how many episodes there are but it feels like just what you're saying like everybody mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be in a good spot. There's yeah, like, I like your non-sympathetic statement. Like, like some some of it is funny. Mm-hmm. Like you know, sometimes a character being mean to a character that you don't like or who is annoying mm-hmm. can be entertaining. Right. Um, I mostly enjoyed the uh, the personality test episode mm-hmm. because I don't have. Uh, strong positive feelings about that kind of thing <laughs> the thing that we so, in a, so our friends group some people call corporate astrology right a way for people to put people in boxes so that they can prejudge them it's you know very much like actual astrology but right maybe with a little more uh and they were hitting that hard like they like the whole bit about him being a wolf was yeah, that in yeah, but l- like their their reactions and things like that was all pretty funny, um, but otherwise, yeah, I just don't know. I don't, it, I don't know, you know, what's what's happening, like why we're why we're still here, why we're still watching it. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you're right, I, and I and I do I have I little have a little faith I think because I think sure. season one the characters had some arc and that was important that they went from mm-hmm. one thing. And there's times when Ian was terrible. I think actually, if you watch half of season one of, of Mythic Quest, Ian is terrible. And then yeah. he has an arc with Poppy that, it, I mean, it's a serious long arc, but he's just a, a jerk for most episodes. And then you, a couple episodes at the end, you start to realize why he's that way and how he opens up to Poppy and how they grow. And he, he shows his belly, I guess, right? Um, mm-hmm. and then that helps you see that, uh, but you, until then he's not a good guy at all. He's just, a, a like an impediment for what I thought of as the main character of being Poppy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. uh, it, but this season we've got everybody doing that. Like Ian, yeah. I think Ian, they, they little did a little trick with us on this one because I think Ian, um, opened up and showed his belly early mid season on purpose. That was the one, the episode you're talking about. Um, and he, I think he he opened up to to Poppy, and then she just gutted him, and then mm-hmm. he turned into like even worse, right? Yeah, 
which again did not make him sympathetic. He just gutted her. Um, so right now yeah. they're in a terrible. I don't. I didn't see the episode you just saw, but they're still in a terrible people mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. Uh, CW yeah. is terrible. I don't see any kind of redeeming thing so far. I think the 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 uh, was it Abesh. What's his name? The um, a Brad is his character. Brad, in, right? In this he he has a, a moment where he's with that episode with his brother where you think he's the mm-hmm. good guy, but he's still not. And they don't ever get him to come around to be better. Right? Yeah. yeah. So so it just feels like well, here we are and we're watching this mid-season thing and everybody's not likable. I don't like the testers right. anymore. Either of them. Yeah. Right? So maybe this is a they're mid-season mo- They're mostly thing. just fine. Like the, the, stu- the stuff with their story in isolation was, you know, cute and and fairly interesting and then they brought them into this feud between Ian and Poppy and yeah. almost none of that was entertaining to watch in any way. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's maybe just targeting a different audience that I'm not part of, but it none of that worked for me at all. Yeah. I I agree. It was a weird I mean the first season they were always on the periphery and maybe mm-hmm. they tried to bring them in more. Um but yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that was that's been a charm of their season. I liked when a couple episodes where they would interact with the main cast, mm-hmm. but but I liked them being a part, like definitely not main cast material, I guess I'd say. Because mm. um, they were pretty, they're pretty one note characters. Kind um, of. Yeah. And and that's, and then they're pushing it more and they're trying to, yeah. So anyway, I, I feel with the same way with you. I like, I do like the show because I think it does have those moments where I really like the episode where, where Poppy and Ian, you know, go each other's throat terribly and it's bad and ends up on a terrible note because it's not cool. It's not good. And you don't see that in a lot of comedy shows. You don't see that seriousness. Um, Mm -hmm. But seriously, like someone tears you down when you're weak, when you're weak, you're not going to be at a ha ha moment at the end. You're just, most of the time you're going to react poorly this, you know, to that aggression, Mm -hmm. which is weird for a seriousness on a show like that. But anyway, yeah, We'll have to, time will tell. We'll see. If if it doesn't improve with that, then season two for me would be definitely a, a thumbs down. Yeah. Know, from, from a good thumbs up season one. But we'll see. Right. How, how, I don't even know how many episodes they've got of this season. I think it was only like eight or ten last season. You said they're already up to eight. So. Yeah. The last one that I saw was episode eight. I see one more on IMDb. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, if it is, then they're only... There's only one more or two for you because you're an episode behind me. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, but that's, mm. well, well, I guess we'll see, as I said. But reviewing this in the middle, uh, the one of the things I did want to ask you about was like the CW episode. I, I thought the CW, I liked that whole, when they go back in the past and do a weird one with different cast members. I think that's neat. Mm-hmm. But man, CW was not redeemable in that. You know, no, no. At all. And, and bringing him in the future... Actually, when I look back at it, the writing for the young CW and the old CW, like, oh, they acted exactly the right. So it's definitely, that's how those, that character is written. Yeah. Right? Like the old guy act just as terrible as the, as the young guy. Just as, as petty and not like, yeah, se- seemingly having had no like personal growth or maturing yeah. in the like 50 years. Yeah, none, none at all, which is not, you know, that wasn't funny. And it actually made his character worse because I kind of liked CW before then. 
it's yeah it's it's not interesting as as drama like as serious content and it's not funny as comedy so i i don't know i don't know what they're doing yeah it it did have i will say it had a a sweet ending when he admits that he read his book series and he wants him to read it to him but that mm-hmm. that happened that was two full episodes of for lack of a better term jackassery sure to, for 5 minutes of making up for it like sincerity yeah yeah like you just can't make an entire lifetime of being a complete jerk and then say oh you know uh, sure and- i you know in a single moment, yeah. After I've already wrecked this terribly good person, you know, right, right. Uh, that 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 was not sympathetic. So unless they redeem him some other way, um, I, I did like. I'll put this one as a positive. I like to say it's some positive. I did like uh, Rachel um, being with him, like being with the jerk guy. Yeah, that stuff was was kind of interesting. It's more interesting than. Uh, her and Ian, though that had its moments. They were, mm-hmm. you know, sandwiched in between scene after scene of just both of them being horrible. Right. I did like the, and this may be some controversial to it, but I, I, I actually liked the part where Ian told Rachel off in, in the car. Like, yeah, that's the, what I mean. Like there was yeah. that one good moment, but to get there, you had to, you know, wade through the, you know, really all four of them, although they didn't have the other tester whose name I forget. Um, Rachel and I don't know what's her name. Yeah. I want to say Tara, but I don't think that's that right. Sounds kind of right, maybe. Okay. Um Dana. 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 Right. I was kind of with the lettering kind of close, but she reminds me a little bit of the character Tara from True Blood, which is why I was pretty sure that was not right. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, and that wasn't uh like it had that one moment and the rest of it was just nonstop awkward cringy. Yeah, they're, 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 uh, it's it's stuff. funny. They're, their their relationship was real cute in an episode I mean, in the first season. I thought it was a real cute, mm-hmm. cute relationship. Yeah. And this one and becomes the, really awkward. The, be- the beginning of this season seemed like it was going to be um, kind of more of the same, and then they they get entangled with these other these other yeah. storylines, and it just doesn't. Well, even even their relationship this season, and I'm, I'm, we're bagging on it the whole time. I don't I don't mean it to be the worst thing ever, yeah. but. Um, like their, their relationship is, and I know it's intentional that they're trying to put some friction between them, but it's not great. Like, I don't get the, I don't get why Dana is in this relationship at all. Like she doesn't, Mm. like she was, you know, a little taken back by, um, uh, the, her, her, Rachel's, um, affection for her. Right. Mm -hmm. She was kind of surprised by it, but then kind of went with it. Right. Sure, which sure. was a great moment, but then she doesn't seem like, oh yeah, I'm really head over heels for you, while the other girl is totally head over heels for her. Mm-hmm. Right? It just feels like, oh man, they took a sweet little thing, and now they're kind of just tearing it apart for the for the viewer, for the yeah. drama of it, for, for yeah. the drama of it. And then, yeah, the the actress, the actresses don't seem to have a whole lot of chemistry as a couple. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes they do. I guess it just depends on the writing. Yeah, they did. They did season one for sure. I think they were sitting next to each other and they'd give each other a look here and there. I thought, oh, that's really sweet and really great. But sure. Then this season, they just don't. There's no agreeing. There's no. And maybe that's the point, but yeah. Right. They never even had a chance to kind of really be a thing. Yeah. 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 
Well, we'll see. There's just a couple episodes left. We'll see if they stick the landing. Yeah, they, they um, got they got to do something for that. Right? Yeah. Did did you get a chance to watch Loki? I watched I watched episode one. Did we talk about episode one yet? No, we hadn't talked about episode one. Have we? No, you you've only seen episode one. I have. I I, I was planning on watching it this weekend, but you know, no power. Oh, but your power went out. Okay. No, no power. Uh, we can save that for next week, I think, because there's not a ton for me to say without. I mean, I could have some. I could have some first impressions if you want. Well, the, I, I think the internet has been exploding. Every other pop culture mm-hmm. thing is about Loki theories and stuff, which obviously don't, I don't read them, but they're like, you know, somebody thinks about this about Loki and somebody thinks about that about the Loki yeah, series. And the, I'm like, I can't read the, that. The Disney Plus uh, thing has, you know, sort of shattered any window of, of like spoiler-free time. Yeah. Uh, because it's not... You know, it's not the ordeal of going to the theater and seeing a thing like it's on Disney Plus. You watch it like you watch it that day or the next day. And if, you know, if it's been out for more than 24 hours, like all bets are off with spoilers. Yeah, for for real. Yeah. And thankfully, I haven't had anything too spoilery with it. I'm not sure if I've said this before. And maybe, you know, from watching more, this series doesn't seem like it would be rife with spoilers to a lot of things. I mean. Yeah, probably like spoilers for itself. Yeah, for not, itself. Uh, right. Not necessarily that affect anything else. Anything else. Um, yeah. So, but but uh, the first episode, just like you said, general impressions so far are okay. Hiddleston's great. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is always great. He's great Loki. Um, great actor anyway. Um, mm-hmm. he, Owen Wilson's playing Owen Wilson, right? I kind of. I mean, I modern know. day Owen Wilson, I guess. Not not young wedding crashers, Owen Wilson. Yeah, I guess I guess that's how I think of Owen Wilson, and he's he's playing a different kind of like G man kind of character. You get a little more, you get a little more hints about the kind of person that he is from the second episode. But yeah, yeah, um, and the, the it's a, it's still got that weird aesthetic to it. Like they're trying to do. It feels like cheap sets, intentionally cheap sets. But yeah. I, don't, I don't, you know, it's that, got that, that's a, clearly the aesthetic. It's got a post-war kind of Fallout vibe to what I call Fallout. Obviously, that's all, you know, cribbed from, uh, you know, post-war, you know, uh, American dream kind of consumerism stuff. But yeah, but um, what's the, what's the deal with some stuff like that? Explain to me, I guess is. So they, I, what what really kind of distracts me with that kind of stuff is that they'll do like the interior shots are old, just what you described, this kind of old look. And then they look and you see out the window and all of the buildings are futuristic looking and there's futuristic cars. And th- like, do they have two different designers for the outside <laughs> and the inside? Well, and- unlike, uh, unlike some things like, um, you know, the Battlestar Galactica prequel, um, caprica mm-hmm. um or the tv series gotham where you're not sure like it's done in this sort of um retro style but also they have certain uh modern technology mm-hmm. um i think this setting is supposed to look out of time okay right and so it's so it's all over the place like if if you know if there's no 
if there's no time, if the flow of time is different from everywhere else, then you can have things that sometimes happen in real life where somebody might buy a house in a historic neighborhood and they have to keep the outside of the house, you know, consistent with the rest of the mm. craftsmen townhomes or whatever in their in their neighborhood. But inside, they've done everything in like Scandinavian light wood ikea kind of stuff and it doesn't match the outside of their house but they can't change the outside of the house okay um that's just one example and so i think i think that's what they're going for is like you can't really tell like is it the future is it the past is it neither Mm. yes to kind of all of those things maybe maybe my hang up on the style is that i saw this before um with um the oh what was, there was a i want to say it's netflix series where they had a family that were like mutants um like almost like x-men a superhero show where they mm. one of the kids was able to teleport and time travel do you remember that do you mean umbrella, oh, umbrella academy? academy yeah okay and, and when they they had also had like a tva they had a time control oh thing. yeah they're, they were they're the exact like... same kind of aesthetic yeah. I mean, they were all I assume I assume the reality of that stuff is that a lot of these stories, these, you know, comic series and whatever started mm-hmm. right in the 50s and 60s. Oh. And so they're paying homage to that a little bit while, you know, making up some random things where like, you know, they want to do everything analog cuz of reasons mm, you know some reason like in bsg when they get hacked but not that not that literal it's like oh we have to do it this way because of the time travel whatever you know they'll come up with some mm. some I, I hadn't actually heard of this thing in comic books before so i'm assuming it's oh, some kind of yeah. deep dive to back in the old comic books sure I mean, sure marvel obviously has a almost a hundred years of stories to go through. So right. Clearly right. we get them all. Um, but yeah, I, I hadn't heard of them. So maybe this is a, a thing too. So are, are you overall in the, like the first three episodes feeling pretty okay with it fun so far? Yeah, it's, good, uh, good, good. it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of, there's a lot of questions, mysteries, okay. right? It's yeah. about, it's about Loki. So you yeah. don't know, Who's lying to who about what? Right, right. Um, the, the, am I am I right in saying? Okay, and you can easily say, "Oh, don't I don't want to answer that for to plead mm, the fifth. But um, sure, sure. the first episode of this series seems to first off, it is full of exposition like crazy. They talk a lot in this first episode. Not bad, but <laughs> right. they're they are like laying everything out forever. Um, and they are. Am I right in saying that they seem to believe in what they're not doing multiverse? They're doing like one timeline, one thing. And they talk about how there's shunts and uh, their their job is to stop multiverses. Is that is that right? Do I, that's do I, okay. That's you can, part you can of play it. the fifth. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and none of that's really been answered, but you're given to believe. I mean, that's the whole setup, right? With the yeah. the sacred timeline. Sacred timeline, that's what it is. Yeah. But it's not it's not clear whether that is a like you know, Star Trek Bureau of Temporal Investigation thing where like there is just one reality and they're trying to protect it, just like um the the mystic whatever their name is in 
in Endgame, right? The the um the person who trained uh Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Um right. Yeah, the ancient they, one. They have that, yeah. The ancient one. They have that thing where if they change anything, the timeline's gonna diverge yeah. and create a create a an alternate universe. Yeah, it, um, it, it felt like this one was straight up saying there is one and our job is to keep it that way. Yeah, that's that's what they're saying. It's not clear whether that's real or just this this version of reality that Loki has found himself in. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? we, like that's... what's what's real? What's a you know what's an actual like deception or ploy? And which of those are red herrings? Right, okay. where you're like, boy, it really seems like uh, you know she's lying to him about this, and this isn't actually that but i go that's so obvious that it makes me skeptical okay right yeah it's it, like it feels maybe even it's supposed to one. seem that way but then the person actually is doing this or whatever even with this first episode it, and I, i'm assuming by the people going crazy over it with their um guessing is that it's only gonna get worse or better however you see <laughs> it uh, is this um there's so many things that make no sense, no mm-hmm. logical sense, or there's like, but what if, but what if, but what, all the way through the whole show, and with no answers to them intentionally, that um, it, it, you're going to make my head explode. Primarily, like things, just the, <laughs> the simple, well, in frustration a little bit, and I don't know if it's supposed sure, to be sure. frustrated, it's supposed to be just normal. Uh, one line for, specifically, I will just go ahead and say, he's, he says, uh, why didn't you go back and help the Avengers... Oh, no, the Avengers did it. They hopped all over the timeline. And the guy says, that's supposed to happen. What you did isn't. Like, I didn't understand that. They just And they just leave that. I'm like, why is it right. that it's one okay for one, but not the other? And who gets to... Why do yeah, they I mean, decide that's, that? That's intentional. The, okay. you know, the whatever the the timekeepers, what are they yeah. called? Something yeah. like that. Like, they're you know they're making these judgment calls it's like um did you ever watch travelers no but i i saw the first episode or two it was very yeah. interesting premise yeah so they have and it's i don't know if this is a spoiler so i don't have to go into too much detail but yeah. in travelers these people come back from the future and in the future yeah. it's terrible we never see the future which is different from most mm-hmm. uh time travel fiction and there is um there is a character in the future that they call the curator or something like that who is like watching the changes and uh, deciding when people go back to where and what they're supposed to do. And then they do those things and then things change in the future and they keep, you know, this, this being in the future he keeps making changes based on that. And this is a similar sort of thing, although they've not made it clear, like where they are sitting, you know, where the TVA or the timekeepers are sitting in, in history. Like, are they in the future and trying to, trying to change things from a, from a backward perspective? Yeah. Like none of that's clear and that's intentional, right? Like Loki is this mischief, deceptive, kind of character so now mm-hmm. he's in this setting where he's questioning everything that's being told to him just like everyone has or should have been doing with him for you know his whole character arc right 
and you know now he doesn't know like are they playing him is he playing them weird part about this is that and i'm sure they were totally going to address this maybe already have by this point Mm. i I, here's my question my question of what 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 is loki going to tell me that i want to learn is um I got to thinking while watching this show is that Loki escapes after the end of Avengers, the first Avengers movie. That's the, that's the Loki we know. And, um, or at least it's that he's that Loki, right? He's the, he, he was the Loki that attacked New York. Um, that was a friend of his brothers and then, um, you know, almost died. Um, and after turning on his dad, and was in league with Thanos. And then all of a sudden he's now escaped. And this is that, this is that Loki. My, so my thought is like, there was a lot of Marvel movies after that with Loki in it, who had a huge character arc, primarily Ragnarok. Like he goes from this, like he has a relationship with his brother that evolves. That it becomes like, there's many touching moments. That's that's intentional too. So it's when he, when he steps through the portal in Endgame, that's... None of that happened. The... Well, right. None of it happened. But time-wise, that's the end of the 2012 Avengers movie? Right. So nothing after that has happened to this Loki in this show. Right. And I know he does that whole scene where he like sees the alt timeline that he doesn't get. Right. He sees his mom. He sees things right. like that. And I get that, but it still feels that like after this show's over, if there is a continuing Loki person, it won't be the Loki that made the character, the huge character progression. Progression. No, he's on a, he's on a different character arc. Right. Which is weird, right? Like we saw a Loki have a full character arc and come at the end. It's definitely, it's definitely the multiverse sort of thing or Mm -hmm. the like, um, like the stuff DC does, and, and you know, not that I mean, this is Marvel. They they mm-hmm. do these things too. We had the whole Spider Verse yeah, thing, sure. right? Like, there's a Peter Parker in that movie who's very different from you know the right. Peter Parker that we've seen in live action movies. Um, and so whether those are whether these Loki's are are set. I mean, we'll have to see at the end of the show, like what happens if one of them dies or if. Um, if they, um, uh, you know, live on in, in parallel universes or something like that. I think, I think the prime timeline Loki is, is for real dead now, isn't he? Yeah. From he's for real dead. I mean, he's supposed Infinity to be Infinity War. Yeah. That, that, I mean, again, that ended it, this character arc. I, the, um, Hiddleston did such great acting in that just, first scene of Endgame where mm-hmm. you know he he just Infinity War. No, it was was it Infinity War? It was it, Infinity War. It opens with with the Asgardians being attacked. Right, right, yeah, right. Infinity War cuz Ragnarok was where he was yet the end. In, right. In our in our watch rewatch, uh we just saw Infinity War a few days ago. Oh yeah, and, so that's what happened then. And Saturday we watched um ant-man and wasp oh, which right there yeah i had forgotten almost everything about ant-man and wasp and as it's happening and like they show the ghost phantom whatever her character is called ghost, yeah mm-hmm. mom is very concerned she's like who is that 
<laughs> you know, and we're like, we're like, we don't know. And she's like, what are you guys? You're, you know, she's upset that we're not spoiling it. And we're like, <laughs> we literally don't remember. Right. Like, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, you know, not to, I don't think anybody said this, but I'm watching thinking of it. I'm like, this character with this girl and her, her past and mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne stuff, like none of that matters to anything yeah, in terms the of the big picture stuff, the big, right. the big picture stuff. Yeah. 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 I, and, and I don't know if she will later, but I don't know about any other Ant-Man. Thing, they just, but. what I, what I said to dad and Andrew, we were talking about later. I'm like, they just recognized that there was not enough story in them going to the quantum realm and saving Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> to make a whole movie. Like right. they needed something else going on. Right. And they wanted to have, um, uh, Goliath in there, which was Lawrence Fishburne's character. So they, they right. wanted to have that. So, you know, I didn't read any Ant-Man comics either, so I don't know. Maybe this is like a staple character of things. Could be. Yeah, I have no, I have no idea. Well, so anyway, the, the multiverse thing, yeah, is, is a weird thing, especially with this Loki, whether they're going to have this sacred timeline or they'll, they'll split it up. And that's why it leads, I've said before, it leads into multiverse of madness. Maybe the TVA ends up being all disbanded or something, and that's why there's no more sacred timeline. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we have that stuff. I, I, I do know that... Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home is supposed to have multiple timeline stuff, right? Right. Uh, so cl- clearly Marvel saw uh, the success of uh, the Miles uh, Morales Spider-Man mm-hmm. and was like, let's do that with everything. Yeah. And, and now they're just we'll making see. it happen. We'll happen. I, I will say this, uh, I don't think this spoils it too much, but it it feels like a pacing a little bit like WandaVision, where mm-hmm. at the beginning you just have questions, so many questions. And, you know, WandaVision did not have a bunch of exposition like this does um, to to add to that uh, confusion, complexity, right. or uh, mystery, I guess I should say. Um, but already by the second episode, like, there are still questions. There's still, like, a lot. And so I don't want to say that, like, a bunch of stuff gets answered. But yeah. Things come more into focus okay. in the second episode. Um, and so I don't think it's going to be, you know, however many episodes of just mysteries. Just mysteries. Just okay, just good. open questions and no no answers. Yeah. I mean, WandaVision itself dealt primarily with alternate universe, right? Like she was living in an alt-universe type thing. Right? Kind of, yeah. So a lot, of the, a lot of the Marvel themes seem to be going with that way. Uh, side note... Um, weird tangent but uh disney did just open up their first marvel world type thing in their disney parks they mm. opened up um in the disneyland which is california or yep. actually it's actually called california adventure it's a real weird we're really weird thing yeah disney it's across world the street and, it's across the street right it's like an epcot or a hollywood the, studios but it's, the anaheim park is the only one i've been to so i know I know oh. about California Adventure. Okay, yeah. So California Adventure has a thing, right? And and mm-hmm. it has been, I don't want to go into it, but it's been a long history of them trying to make it better, right? Trying to make sure. it a, an attractive park, which they do, and it's it's an ongoing process. And one of the things they did is they they put cars over there, and they put um, this new one, it's a world called Avengers Campus. Um, and they're okay. I always like seeing some of the new things that Disney does with. They always try to use the, their Imagineers use all sorts of new ways to you know, make their own custom technology for stuff. Um, uh, but it looks pretty cool. They, they've they got this, this really neat kind of type thing. It's like a Spider-Man robot. Um, it's, hmm. it's just, it's worth Googling. Like I'm not going to do any kind of justice describing it, but okay. um, 
they they have this robot and you know spider-man will come in and they'll do a little show periodically throughout the day and he'll come out and they'll have an adventure where him and a black widow fight a bad guy or whatever right and the the character they have this spider-man actor go and he climbs up a wall and then he goes behind a wall or something and then he jumps from building to building in mm-hmm. this really like hundred foot arc type acrobatic type thing okay. um and that's a robot and it looks just like spider-man but it does like poses in the air like it'll do backflips hmm. and then do the Spider-Man pose and then land. And it's not really like a robot robot with all sorts of computers in it. It's just kind of like aerodynamic with some simple robot type things that to, to strike poses in the right way, depending on centrifugal forces. It's like super technology based, hmm. um, modern type things. And it's just for a robot for this one shot and this one show. And I'm like, this is so crazy that, you know, but you should look at it. It's, it's really neat how they, and every time it shoots off, it'll make a different pose, like Spider-Man flip or turn or cartwheel or backflip and, and cross buildings. It's right. neat. Uh, another thing you have is uh, this big Spider-Man ride is, is pretty, I guess people will say it's a, one of those 3D rides where you put 3D glasses on. Hmm. Um, but you, everyone in the car or something has, uh, can do the little Spider-Man, I don't know, what do you, the wrist hand single will they do, whatever. Right. And, it, and it'll shoot webs out of your hand. Okay. So if you, it it does hand tracking, they've got hand tracking throughout Mm -hmm, the ride. mm -hmm. So you can, you know, Spider-Man needs you to help him fight and he gives you these special web shooters or whatever. So when you look at your hand, you see web shooters on your hands, which is just hologram type thing. Right. And then you do the Spider-Man thing and shoots out spider web. Yeah. I was like, that's, I love technology. How, (laughs) you know, the, the technology can be used to cure the world and make replicators, but we're using it for, you know, Disney uses it for rides. Spider-Man rides. Right. If you if yeah. we had actual scientists paid the amount of money that Disney Imagineers are paid or whatever, yeah. you could probably cure cancer by or now. the or the face mapping tech that we use to like put dog noses and ears on people's uh really Facebook photos. Faces. Really, really. I, I I did a. I took an engineering course. It's amazing technology that we're using for something so dumb. For something so dumb. I, I said I took an engineering course and I did a paper on this Disney project where the, you know you're seeing hologram stuff and they use these air shooters that like makes it feel like your skin's being touched by whatever's landing on your hand or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, that is genius technology. They're they're just all they're trying to do is. You know, they're just using it for like a Little Mermaid ride, so that you can see the the, the bird land on your hand. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, this is real world holodeck stuff, but you're just you're just making it for this one thing. I'm like, wow, there there there's there's legitimately so much of that stuff out there in the world that gets patented and then never used again for 30 years because they have patents on it. And right, right, it's it's insanely crazy. Uh, but anyway, we if if we could, you know put those minds to work. Like you said, making food replicators or real real world things, we'd solve a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I there's a lot this week, man. We'll have to um continue some other stuff that we did. Yeah, I was I was thinking maybe um to see if see if you had seen the trailer for season two of Picard, but I think we've uh Oh yeah. We've we've had enough negativity in this ah. in this episode already. And that show seems like kind of a downer. Uh, it, the, it, season one seemed like universe. a down. It's got Q in it. Yeah. Q's, Q's a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I like John I like Delancey. John Delancey great. So, yeah. and we'll and see I think he's he, he'll hold. He, I I think that Patrick Stewart 
looks and acts like a different human being than he did 30 years ago. I don't yeah. know. If, I think John Delancey is pretty much still John Delancey. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. Fingers yeah. crossed. Think, yeah. Do you know when any of that, when is, do you have any timelines on the CBS or what's it called? Paramount plus um, Star Trek stuff comes out. It's really weird. They have like four series that are spaced eight months apart. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, everything was delayed last year. Yeah, so true. everything's like a year behind what it was going to be. Um, I do know that the Orville season three is in production. So who knows? Oh, that's good. Long that's going to so they're actually same, filming that now. Good. That same, same problem. But yeah, I think they're back to actually filming. So that's exciting. Yeah. I like that. Um, Hopefully yeah. they're, they're writing lower deck season two. Yeah. Lower, I mean, that's drawing. animated. So you can do that. That could have been being worked on last year. Uh, yeah. During during lockdowns and things, and Picard but, uh, two was wrapped. I think it's done. Hmm. I think, and then yeah. uh, we got Discovery, which not and the, oh, the big one we wanted to watch. What's the the the, the Enterprise? Strange one? Strange New Worlds. Yeah, I wonder if there's any. I just don't know. I mean, it's it's we've talked about this ad nauseum before. It's hard to get yeah. the way that these release schedules work now. It's hard to to keep up any kind of momentum excitement with CBS. They 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 doing the the Battlestar thing where you watch the thing, you get really excited, really happy with it. And then you don't hear from it for anything with Star Trek for a year. And then you have a burst of happiness and then there's just zero silence for a yeah, long it's time. What, whatever they're doing with their production schedules, it just it all takes a really long time. And, and they don't and, know how to space them out properly. <laughs> and the, yeah. And they release it all to, I mean, I'm sure, you know, pre COVID they intended to have a more staggered release, like what Marvel is maybe, doing, but just maybe. didn't. Um, weren't really prepared for it and probably didn't have the resources Disney does to um, to deal with that. Yeah, that, that's a perfect example there is actually is that, you know, Marvel seems to be able to, have, or not Marvel, sorry, Disney has the ability to spread out their IPs appropriately from, you know, uh, the Mandalorian to their Star Wars properties to their Marvel properties. Yeah. To, to, so that you're always wanting to watch their series one thing or another and they're always in a buzz, right? There's always a buzz. But right. CPS is the buzz once, gone forever. Almost the Stranger Things type type thing. You know, you hear it once yeah. and then never hear about it for years, which is really well, and the, bad. Man. And the most interesting thing they have is Star Trek. And half of the Star Trek shows are not even particularly hype or, I mean, not even particularly entertaining, much less hype for Trekkies, for Star Trek fans. And mm -hmm. so, and and that's just one thing. Like Disney has Disney they have Marvel, they have Star Wars. Um, and so, you know, they can have, because there's so many, so many things under them, they can, you know, they can spread one to the other. I mean, we got a pretty big break between um, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and what's the next Black Widow still isn't out. Like that was a pretty decent right. break, but you know, we get a little Star Wars stuff. We get, these smaller TV shows in between, and um, yeah, it's 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 a weird the the Disney world now of streaming is 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 interesting. They're they're definitely still committed to big blockbuster blockbuster movies. They they never really deviated off that. They they have mm -hmm. some little. They're doing the they're going to do the hybrid thing going forward. You know that you yeah. can watch it for thirty bucks um, at home if you want, which I think is great. Um, sure. Or or watch it in the theater. So they're still definitely committing to that. But they've got. Um, such good standalone Disney Plus content that's high quality that's 
And it's it's kind of rare to see. I just watched Luca the other day, which is their Pixar release, and that was mm. not even released in a theater. That's just a straight up Disney Plus thing. Um, and it feels like a it really feels like a an up quality level type thing. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was very cute. I liked it a whole lot. It had a really great message. Uh, well written, Pixar written, well shot, well acted. All of those things. You're like, oh, this is a Pixar thing that I would go to the movie to see. And they're like, yeah, this is Disney Plus. Not not a movie. So they've really committed to this, you know, platform that they've got. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, not uh we actually are gonna be a little bit a little bit under time, which, which that's never crazy. Happens, but that's crazy. That's our- we it's it's not like we ever have anything <laughs> not less to talk about. We can yeah, yeah we, we forever. We recorded late last week, so not as much happened, and then you know your power went out. So yeah, I I think this week we're going to try a couple. Of, I I'm going to try that crow fall. I know that you. Uh, oh yeah, had, we didn't we didn't talk a, about that. I don't have I don't have much to say about that. I played it for about half an hour. Uh, yeah, week, I, I downloaded it like before the show, and it's going live in like a week or two. Um, and it's it's doing some interesting things. It's very PvP focused, which is not my thing. But mm-hmm. if enough of our friends are playing it, uh, it does seem like there are sort of support activities uh, yeah. to go yeah. to go behind that PvP stuff. So that it has maybe some some promise. But yeah. uh, we'll see. And it's it's like you know it's beta right now, so it's free downloadable testing type time, right? right. So it's right. It's a good. I think it's a good time for me to like fish it and see it and. So I plan on spending at least a little bit of time with that this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish Dust, which is something I pushed for. I'm 80 percent mm. through right now. It says I'm, the, the progress is 80 percent, so I'm almost I'll finish mm. that game. And I plan on starting up the uh, much delayed start of the Star Wars Fallen Jedi. So it's called, I think. Uh, uh, Jedi Fa- Fallen Fallen Order. Or- Fallen Order. Yeah, uh, it's I'm, I'm over a year late. I know. Mm. Um, but I'm gonna I'm planning on doing that this week and watching our show. Um, what other? I think there was another series that I was watching that's ended. Can't think about it. But um, yeah. And, oh, and hopefully res- seeing Resident Alien. Resident Alien, you got it. That's what it is. Hey, uh, side note on that. I know we're right at time here, but um, you had mentioned on the show. You said, well, how did you put it? You said, I don't know if there's an episode that's like, oh, this all comes together in this one episode. I've watched pretty far in the season so far. Okay. Close to the end. And I will say that I think I'm starting to get where maybe there is an episode. And I and I think I just saw it. Um, okay. So that just kind of gave me a glimmer of keep watching it. I, I'm still saying it's not one of those you watch forever and I recommend to everybody. But something does happen uh, that changes this, the kind of the point of the show or ish type thing. And you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I, I, I like the, the, I like the shift they made here and I can watch a, a show going forward uh, with this new status quo. Yeah. Yeah. So I, w- yeah, I won't the, say any more about that, but the last episode I saw some, some big things kind of happened. So yeah. that might be, that might be what yeah. you're talking about. Maybe is it have, does it have to do with a, an injury? Kind of, although he's a doctor, so there are injuries all throughout. There's some uh, no, like like a major injury to a primary character. Yeah, and some okay. some rock climbing. Yes, that that's the one. That's the that's okay. what I was talking about. Yeah. So yeah, we, we yeah. okay. We'll talk. We can so, talk about that next week. I, I know I'm yeah. close to the end of that se- that season. Right. Yeah. 
It could be worth talking about. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll watch some. I'm watching that this week and see how that goes. But uh, oh. wheels on wheels on meals. Wheels on meals. Yep. All right. You've been listening to the front porch. This is episode two hundred. Hey, two hundred, man. We didn't even comment on that. Look at that. No, no, no. It's how we roll. how we roll. It's how we roll. Uh, if. Uh, what did I, what am I always saying? Uh, thanks as always <laughs> to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. You put, put me off of my, my routine here at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, our buddy Fox and his friends do a movie podcast. They talk all about movies and it's great. And awesome. he reviews uh, movies and board games over on LRM Online. So check those out if those sound interesting to you. Uh, if you have questions, comments, feedback, suggestions for our weekly challenge movie list, you can hit us up via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com and use the contact forms there for that. Uh, if you enjoyed the Front Porch, please consider subscribing on all of the places. Thanks as always for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.